Hi, I'm Karen Crossley, and this is Rebuilding the American Dream, the student athlete experience. In this podcast, we introduce you to leaders in college athletics who are shaping the experience of the student athlete on and off the fields of play. We discuss the challenges and innovations affecting athletics and higher education, and how we can adapt to give student athletes a strong foundation for their futures. Today, I have the opportunity to talk with Jamie Boggs, Vice President of Athletics at Grand Canyon University. She is the first woman to serve as GCU's Athletic Director and the fourth Asian American AD among Division I programs. Jamie has navigated Grand Canyon through COVID-19 protocols, onboarded eight new head coaches, added 21 WAC championships in just the last two years, and enjoyed GCU's best Division I basketball year with the men's first NCAA tournament appearance and the women's first WAC tournament championship appearance. Jamie earned a bachelor's degree from the University of San Diego and a law degree from the University of Arizona. Prior to her current position, Jamie was the Deputy Athletic Director at GCU, Executive Senior Associate AD, Chief Operating Officer at Georgia State University, and Assistant Athletic Director at Duke University. Jamie, thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah, thank you for having me. Appreciate it. So you offer a really unique perspective to your role as you have degrees both in psychology and in law. Can you share a little bit more about your path and what led you to pursue athletic administration? Absolutely. Um, I actually, so I grew up in Phoenix and everyone in Phoenix at that time, I was a diehard Phoenix Suns fan and I was definitely, uh, definitely one as well. And from just a young age, and it was something we used to do with our families. It was, we would watch Phoenix Suns games and um, that just kind of started my love for sports and that grew into loving uh, well, we didn't have the Diamondbacks at the time, so I just used to watch the Chicago Cubs, but just started loving sports, and, you know, it was part of what we did as a family. I uh, didn't think I was going to work in sports other than um, I did want to be, uh, to play in the NBA, but I stopped growing at age 12. I was five, I'm five foot three, so <laughs> that was not going to happen, but I ended up going to um, undergrad at University of San Diego to get my psychology degree, went on to law school, and it, it didn't take me that long Uh being in law school to figure out that it's not what I wanted to do. I mean, it's an an unbelievable career, a fantastic career, but it wasn't for me. And, you know, I was thinking, what do I love? And the only thing that I really, really loved (laughs) was sports. And so that's where I decided to pursue a degree in sports. I was fortunate to be at a place where I could to get into that right away. So I started out with an opportunity with a major league baseball team. Um, Then I got an opportunity with an NBA team, uh, was able to get my first job with a sports agency uh, before moving into college athletics. And that's where I've been for the last 15 plus years. Well, that's that's really incredible that you've had such a wide range of experiences in in a professional field with with baseball and with basketball. And I'm sure that your background in, in trying to explore what you're really passionate about has helped you connect with the student athletes. It has. Um, and, you know, they're so great. They're so interested in, in that background, but it's been able to help me kind of give them some guidance, you know, especially the ones that are maybe turning, uh, wanting to turn pro, which we have a lot of those, but I'm able to give that perspective and also to our coaches as well. It's also helped with hiring because we, we do know what the next level looks like. So yes, it's the, the background has certainly helped uh, with, with my current role. With that background, how do you find yourself maybe using your degrees possibly on a daily basis? Yeah, so it's interesting. I don't think any of us would have predicted kind of the way the college athletics 
industry would be changing and the landscape is just a different place even than it was five years ago. And so yet there's a lot of litigation for sure. <laughs> um, but there's also a lot of contracts to deal with, uh, whether head coach contracts and coaching contracts, you know, to media, um, all these things that really my skills that I learned um, in law school have really transitioned and, and been helpful. Um, but even risk management and um, issue spotting, you know, being an athletic director truly is um, an executive management role. So I think it's been really helpful. Um, one of the things I think that has been the most helpful though is uh, communication skills uh, because it is an executive management role, but it's also a very external facing. And with social media on top of that, you really need to know clearly and directly communicate both written, you know, and, and, and verbally, and also be able to think really quickly on your, on your feet. So I think all of those skills have really helped um, really any athletic, athletic director. I would highly recommend anyone who wants to do it to go to law school. <laughs> <laughs> That's one of the questions I'll ask it a little bit is, <laughs> is uh, what advice are you going to give? So in the 2021 and 2022 school year, uh, Grand Canyon welcomed the largest incoming class in its history at 9,000 new students. And that's not the trend uh, nationally. That's not a mega trend that's happening. The declining enrollments in higher education across the country is the standard. Uh, unfortunately, what is GCU doing, particularly athletically, to help itself stand out amongst other Division I schools? You know, I don't know necessarily that we're doing anything athletically different other than sharing the story of GCU. It's really GCU that sells everything. And I think it's what GCU has done. First and foremost, our Christian mission. We are getting some of the most elite student athletes that are maybe um, coming here over maybe schools that have have a longer history of being Division One because of our Christian mission. So, and we're different. Um, you know, we're not a covenantal university. Don't just sign off and say that you're Christian. That's not what we are. We're a missional university, so we walk the walk of Jesus. Um, everything that we do is is supposed to reflect that. And so, when you come to campus and and athletes visit, you feel it right away. It's very welcoming. It's very warm, and you can feel kind of the Christian mission of our university. So that's one thing. Uh, I think secondly, it's the affordability. The cost of education, both public and private, but especially private, is skyrocketing. And unfortunately, it makes it um, not accessible to a part of the population, a large part of the population. And uh, we've been able to freeze tuition for 14 years. Because of that, uh, we have students that are across the socioeconomic spectrum that are able to be able to come to GCU from you know, some of the wealthiest um, areas of the country to some of the most uh, needy neighborhoods in the country. We have students from all of those that are able to come to GCU, and that includes our student athletes. Um, so I think just the, that part, the fact that we are a Christian missional university, our affordability um, are two of the biggest pieces, but we're also very student-centered, and you can see that when you come to campus as well. Um, it's very robust campus life. Uh, we respond to kind of the voice of our students, and they're happy. Like when you see happy students, you want to come here. <laughs> so I think it's all of those combined that make us really stand out from other universities. With that increased accessibility and being able to reach such a large population across the country, you do have an online academic program as well. How are you helping those online students include them in that really special culture that you're building at Grand Canyon? Well, you know, our online students are students and that's how we view them. 
um, again, back to our Christian mission, that is incorporated into the online curriculum as well. So that is one way that we are certainly connected. But we also have a lot of opportunities on campus uh, for engagement and for gathering and to, so that they have that sense of community. Uh, but we also do that on the road, too. We have a program called Lopes on the Road uh, where, you know, we have sporting events, some of our um, athletic events that we will invite our online students to. And it's pretty amazing. Some of our biggest fans are our online students. So that's really fun. Um, and it's you can tell that they are part of the culture because we have the most positive fan base I've ever experienced. You know, I'm, I'm used to where I get criticized if you lose a game. <laughs> if we lose a game, our fans are like, go get them next time. <laughs> So um, I, you can tell that they they are part of this culture, so, you know, kind of to top it off um, at the end of their curriculum, like everyone else, they have a great graduation for our online students. And so there's other opportunities to be engaged there. And we have a strong alumni, online alumni connection as well. So they are students and we are so appreciative of the support they give for athletics. That's awesome. I know that me personally, as an alumni of a university, I'm passionate about it. Everybody wants to be part of a team, right? And they want to see those championships and winning things, but to be able to just be supportive no matter what, that's really special. Yeah, it is. It is that they are part of our championships. So. so, from one of our previous conversations, you talked about the four C's that make up the culture of GCU. Can you share more about what the four C's are and how you're using them to influence your student athletes? We have such a great, strong, unique culture here. Um, and one of the biggest parts of that is community. Um, and if you ask any random student nine out of 10 times, they will say that the thing that they love most about GCU is the community. So I think first off, we're of course connected by our faith, um, strong Christian mission, and that connects us all immediately. But it was also, I think, uh, by design in the sense that um, our president had a vision, uh, Brian Mueller had a vision for having a very robust campus life. And there's so many opportunities on campus, whether it's athletic events, club sports, intramural sports, um, different clubs on campus, theater, there's all these things on campus that give us an opportunity to connect, um, even kind of our residence life and, ha and how that is run. It's, it's very uh, community-based. And so there's a strong sense of community here. So that's one of the four C's. Uh, secondly, a collaboration. You can see in organizations um, and maybe other institutions that I've been at where maybe the collaboration isn't as strong, where athletics maybe is siloed or certain areas are siloed. Uh, but that's not the case at GCU. And, and I think a lot of it is our, our service oriented um, attitude. We know that everything we do is for the best interest of the students. It's to, to follow the walk of Christ. Um, all of those things support our collaboration and we're all walking in the same direction. Um, continuous improvement is our third C. We're very data-driven. We self-evaluate. We ask for feedback because we always want to be at that next level, take that next step up to serve our students and our, and our community. Um, and lastly, it's Christian leadership or, or Christ is our, our fourth C. And um, as I mentioned before, everything we do, all of our decisions, we are always turning back to Christ. Um, it's serving others, serving the community, and of course, gratitude for everything that we have here at GCU. So community, collaboration, continuous improvement, and Christian leadership. Th those are great pillars to drive forward, you know, any mission of an organization. So with that community, we've recently been celebrating the diversity and inclusion with the 50th anniversary of Title IX. What are you and GCU doing to create that environment of inclusion amongst your community so that all voices are heard, especially student-athletes? 
Well, you know, formally, we have so many of the things that other places have. As far as a, a voice, uh, you know, a forum, we have the education, we have, that's even built into, for our student-athletes, orientation, we have diversity training, um, we have our student-athlete advisory council, and so there's two student-athletes from each team, um, and they're the voice of all the student-athletes. They meet with us um, and present to us as a leadership team each semester. Um, we also uh, have them meet with our entire department at least once a year. And so those are the formal things, but what it really comes down to is being present for the student athletes, um, having that open door policy, letting them know that they can talk to you and also having a relationship with them. Um, and so, you know, we have almost 400 student athletes. And so, you know, me just having a relationship that it, that's, that's not, that's a little bit of a challenge. So it, it's kind of trickle down. So even the people we hire, our head coaches that we hire, one of the things I ask our coaches when we hire is kind of what's your culture of the team? And if if it's not mentioned that building the relationship with the student athlete, if that's not kind of top on their list, they're not the right, they're not the right hire. Um, so ultimately to make student athletes help them feel included, help their voice be heard, they have to know that they have a relationship with you and that you care about them. So it sounds like maybe one of your silent C's might be a fifth one of communication. Uh, you know, it's, it seems uh, that that's just absolutely vital to the culture that you're building and to the relationships that you have with your coaches and your student athletes. That's a good one. I might have to take that. <laughs> Copyright that uh, for me. <laughs> um, so with this podcast, it's called Rebuilding the American Dream, the Student Athlete Experience. What has the American Dream meant to you? I'll say my perspective comes from my parents, and that's because my parents moved here from another country. And when they moved here, they had nothing. They literally had a few hundred dollars in their pockets, but they came here, they worked hard, they persevered. Um, they were able to send us to the best high school and give us the education we needed and support us. And so to me, you know, that's where my perspective comes from. The American dream is really about opportunity the opportunity that there is here. And, and, you know, if you're innovative and you work hard, we are very blessed to have a free market system that allows innovation and hard work to thrive and be successful. And so it, it really is about, you know, being able to, to capitalize on the opportunities that are, are here. But also I do think that we are innately uh, want to serve. I think God created us to serve. And so we want that. What makes us happy? It does make us happy to help others. Um, and so to be able to be successful, to, to thrive and to be able to take care of ourselves and our families, but also to be in a position to serve others. That to me uh, is the American dream. I love that. We often hear opportunity, 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 but service is not something that's often mentioned, especially outside of oneself. So we mentioned this earlier and what advice would you give to young people contemplating their futures, either in athletics or even young administrators looking to work their way up? Uh, you know, I think particularly to athletics is um, be willing to serve in any capacity. I understand like the last couple of years, things have changed in industry and uh, the great resignation and, and things like that. Um, and, and it's not that, that that hasn't impacted athletics, but we still have a lot more people interested in working in athletics than there are positions open. Um, so that it's still that willingness to be able to serve in any capacity is still the piece of advice I will always give. You know, secondly, you really have to love what you do. Our 
work hours and work days are, are very atypical. So we are working evenings, we are working nights and you sacrifice and, and maybe kind of when you're young and hungry, maybe that's not as much of a big deal, but when you start to have a family and you realize that, that, that you are sacrificing that as well, um, you, you really have to love this uh, to continue to do it and not want to move into another industry. Um, but I think uh, one of the most critical things is to build authentic relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, we are a very small industry. There are about, what, 350, I think, Division One institutions in the country. Uh, so there's not a lot. And we all know each other. And it's funny because the same people I kind of was rising up in the industry with, these are the same people I'm sitting around the table with uh, 20 years later that are in athletic director chairs as well. So it's really important to build authentic relationships, not burn any bridges and not burn any bridges in this industry. And I know that's true for um, a lot of industries, but with 350 divisions, yeah. it's, it's even more applicable. Yeah, that, that is really great advice. It, it really seems like it is a lifestyle that you have to be able to embrace and also take those people with you along your journey as, as you meet them and go through the ranks. Yes. Lifestyle is a great way to put it. I'm getting a lot of great nuggets from you. (laughs) (laughs) I should interview myself. (laughs) Athletics is a lifestyle. Yeah, it it must be. I, I love sports personally. I was never a student athlete, but I've followed, I've actually followed your career for a while. I've been super impressed with, with what's happening at Grand Canyon and the growth and the successes that you're having uh, with your sports programs. It's really been an absolute pleasure to chat with you. And thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, Karen. Appreciate it. You've been listening to me, Karen Crossley of Degree Insurance, and this is Rebuilding the American Dream, the Student Athlete Experience. Find out more on our website, americandream.fm, or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn at Degree Insurance. Until next time, goodbye.